Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Good morning. Today, before we start the show, I have a few updates to give you. A little tiny bit of newsy things. Uh, first up, I want to let you know that we are taking a break for the month of June after this uh, podcast with Robin Thornhill is released. So this is a great chance for you to go back and listen to the ones you maybe haven't had a chance to. Uh, you can go to the website to find that. That is artistsofnewengland.com, and there's a full list of all the artists with some extra information. In addition to the website, if you subscribe to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts, which used to be iTunes, or SoundCloud, you'll be notified every time a new episode comes out. Um, That's a great way to keep up. Also, it's a, a nice, easy way to search all of the previous shows on them. We're up to 98 and this has been the completion of three full years. So been at this a while. Looking forward to continuing and um, so catch up if you haven't. It will definitely be um, definitely be back in July with some great interviews. Also uh, reach out and let us know your thoughts on topical uh, in, uh, podcasts that you might be interested in hearing topics about or people that you would like us to interview. Okay, so moving on to, there are two ways you can support the show. Um, Go right on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts and by you writing a review saying how much you like the show makes our ratings go up and then more people can find the podcast. Also share Liberally, if you like an episode, please share it with a friend through email or text or on social media, and we appreciate all of that. The last way you can support is to become a member on Patreon, which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash artists of New England to find the podcast. And it would be fun to see what you would find interesting to receive as a patron um, to the show, you know, that some that that no one else gets. So maybe some inside scoop, you let us know. But uh, that's a great way to support us, five, ten dollars a month, whatever you can do, uh, would be fantastic. So enjoy the beginning of summer. I am heading out on a month-long road trip to finally see my four children and seven grandchildren. Oh my gosh, I have to count all the time, but it is real. Yes, seven. And two new ones I have not met. So, so exciting going to Atlanta, Nashville, Cincinnati. A big loop. It's going to be fun. And I will catch back up with y'all in July. And now on to the show. 
Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King. Today again, we have the lovely Margaret Sheldon. How are you, Margaret, today? I am well. No yeah. complaints here. Yeah, we all just had a nice Mother's Day, and so I'll um, go ahead and introduce our guest, which is Robin Thornhill from Danville, New Hampshire, currently from Danville, New Hampshire, originally from Massachusetts, as, as I am as well. So welcome, Robin. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Good, good. So we're just chuckling here before we started with all the <clears throat> little interruptions we've had so far. So if you hear some background noise, it's, we're just going to go with the go with it. That's, that's all we're going to do. We're, we're, we're going to work through it. So um, I always like to find out a little bit about your background with art. What do you remember doing as a child artistically, the very first things that you ever did? Um, I always loved, you know, arts and crafts things when I was little, but I just remember um, being reprimanded a lot for writing all over everything. <laughs> you know, I'm old, so back in the day we had phone books and things like that, and um, I just wrote all over everything, drew all over everything, and um, yeah. Nice. Good. So I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. So how about... Um, I think you said you grew up in Lawrence, Mass. How was the art in school there? Did Were you able to do anything with it growing up in high school? or No, so if anybody knows Lawrence, it's inner city. It's, it's poor. And, um, you know, the highlight of my, the art teacher would come once a week. And that was the highlight of my school week. <laughs> I lived for the one day a week. Um, but it was when I um, got into high school, they had a great art department at Lawrence High School. And uh, I took many classes there. There was a uh, teacher who I still have contact with. He and another teacher kind of took me under their wing, and they um, they showed me a lot, and they inspired me, and they made it possible for me to go to college. And oh, wonderful! Yeah. <clears throat> it's nice to have those mentors come along like that and see that spark of artistic genius, as you say, right? The, so, so how did they? Sorry. No, go ahead. They just recognized that, um, you know, I needed help. I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. So, um, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I had a very similar story. You know, inner city, I grew up in the Bronx in New York, and we had Mrs. Smith on Friday mornings. <laughs> and yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? How, what a difference a single teacher can make or just having someone tell you you're really good at something or suggest, you know, for instance, in high school, I'm sure they probably helped you find your way, you said, to college. And, and then oh, you finally, that. yeah, you finally get to choose those classes you've been dying mm -hmm. to take. What right. a relief for all of us. Yeah. So tell us, what did you do? What did you study? And what were your favorite mediums and all that? So I, I didn't finish them. I now that my daughter is, my daughter has a couple more years left. When she's done, I'm going to go back and finish. But, um, but I studied um, fashion illustration. And Laura, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> my wardrobe. <laughs> so clearly, that was not my forte. I'm a jeans t-shirt person all the way. Um, but I, I was able to, you know, it gave me the opportunity to experience everything that I never was able to growing up, um, just playing with uh, printmaking and um, drawing and all of it. I, all, I, I was able to take a lot of classes in different mediums and actually 
the one class that I found ultimately boring was art history. And that is the one area I want to go back and study now. I want to finish. I want to get my degree in art history. So. Yes. Perfect. All right. So okay. let's talk about the early years. Yeah. Um, I know you, you said you sort of got into college, you were doing fashion illustration. At some point, you turned to fine art. When was that? Uh, so I was married very young. Um, I, well, I think it's very young, 22, I got married and uh, I was bored, <laughs> I was working. So I decided to take a class at um, a local community college. I took a drawing class um, with, uh, Richard Burke Jones, he's pretty, you know, known around the Newburyport area. Um, and he, in the class, recognized or saw some potential in me. And so he invited me to do some uh, oil painting and plein air classes with him. So I did that. And then, um, and then I started to have children. <laughs> and it all went by the wayside. So I had my son and my daughter and whatnot. And... The fun, this is to me a funny story. My daughter was in preschool and we used to have our dinners at night and we would say something that happened during the day and she was very excited. She came home one day, she had stickers for all of us. The teacher had them uh, choose stickers that represented your family members. So my son, she, he got a little uh, sticker of a game controller. My husband got a computer and a guitar because he does music and he works with computers. And she gave me a washing machine and I thanked her or whatever, but that night as we were going to bed, I almost had tears in my eyes. And I said, you know, this is what my daughter sees me as. I'm her role model. And I don't want her to think that she has to, no offense to my husband, because I enjoyed being home with my children sure, and my sure. wife. But that's not her only option. So I ended up taking a local class, a painting class. And then that was it. From there on, I was hooked in so I started painting the year my daughter was uh, four. So, and she's 20 now. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love, I, I hear it from women. It's like suddenly you realize, like, I always say I had a day when I thought, I don't want this to be my story. You know, I was working and doing, you know, a, a hard work, uh, but I didn't like it. I thought, is this what my children, like if they describe me, is this what they'll say? It's funny isn't it that moment of reflection it comes from a mirror right we need to see it and go yeah oh. <laughs> and, Before. Yeah, and i'm very lucky i thank her every once in a while but i'm very lucky to my husband and my son they're all supportive and you know if i have a bad day at the studio my husband says a bad day there is better better than a good day at work and oh. one of us should be hit because i'll say i'm gonna you know i'm just gonna go back to work and he'll say well one of us should be happy just stay <laughs> So, yeah, I'm fortunate to have that support. So that's really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. How much fun! Oh, I love it. So, um, tell us a little bit about um, you know your journey as an artist, getting out there into galleries, getting into shows. Did you find it beneficial to to you know? I, I guess there are some people who, even with what I would consider subpar art, are excellent marketers oh yeah and yeah. that is my weakness definitely so, so how did you go through and you know get yourself out there i mean your work certainly and margaret always says the work will speak for itself and i think in this case yours has for sure 
Um, but did you take the path of, you know, um, competitions and advertising and, and that kind of thing? Or how did you um, I think just locally, I would, you know, join, I've joined the Newburyport Art Association and I would enter into shows or whatever. But I, I, I never really put myself out there to say like I approach galleries and, you know, um, I'm very insecure about my art, as most of us are. But I think that, um, you know, it struck me one day, I was, I was, I really enjoyed giving classes and doing demonstrations. And I really, really like connecting with new people and artists and hearing their plights and, you know, just seeing them on their journey, especially seeing the students grow in class. So one day I was doing a demonstration and during the break, some gentleman said, we started on the subject of John Singer Sargent, whom I, I love. And he, he said that his, he wasn't a very good portrait painter, all the noses on his figures look the same. And in that moment, I had this, you know, this light bulb went off that, you know, if John Singer Sargent can't please everyone in the world, I most certainly can't. So maybe it's time for me to just put whatever it is I'm doing out there. You know, it's oh. going to please everyone. It doesn't matter. It, oh, I'm sorry. You said, you said this person you were talking to was not pleased with John Singer Sargent's portraits. Yes. Okay. So that was, <laughs> I get you. So I'm thinking, you know, if, 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 <laughs> You know, people today, if you can look at John Singer Sargent's work and not be impressed by it, then how how would I ever yeah. impress the world? I, there's no way. So what I have to do at that point, instead of trying to create paintings that made everybody say, oh, this is beautiful, I just started to paint from the heart. And it's just, this is just who I am and what I have to offer. And you know, not in a fresh way, but just take it or leave it. And, and yeah. I've come to peace with that. And so when I, when I did decide that and I started painting for myself, it became easier for me to market myself because mm -hmm. there were no expectations or, um, you know, false sense of being you know, accepted or loved by the masses. So, you know, you said you weren't very confident. But that's the definition to me of what confidence is, is when you can paint for yourself and put it out there. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. Like well, in a sneaky way, you got confident. <laughs> or you decided it didn't matter. Right. Uh, right. And I have to tell you like a little thing. During COVID is when I really um, started, began marketing. And it was because it was, um, I had... I had been on furlough for 16 weeks and I was in my glory. I work a little part-time job during the day. I was in my glory, just painting away at my home studio. And um, I realized my husband does, you know, works with computers, how people try to show who they are on social media, you know, they edit it and, and it's, it's not real life. And everybody has more confidence behind that computer. And so I realized that if, if I'm going to put myself out there, this is going to be the easiest way for me where no one can see my face and no one's listening to me speak. I'm just, you know, I can, I can edit what I'm saying. I can write a whole right. verb out there, but I can edit before. I was saying um, your comfort level with having the time 
to kind of edit what you were showing to the world, if we want to call it marketing, whatever, right? You're putting yourself and your work on display. And it's interesting because some people go too far and they market they market so much that you wonder when the heck they ever paint or maybe they have somebody else <laughs> do their marketing. I don't know. I can't figure mm-hmm. it out. I see, I see a lot of redundancy. So it's always that balance. Um, you, we right. all know that if you want to sell your work, I, you know, my joke is always you want to live to, you know, buy more paint. That's like, <laughs> no, exactly. unless you're independently wealthy, you know, we come to the point as artists where we know, number one, you can't store all the old paintings. And number two, you know, you sort of want this thing to at least support itself and to hopefully, you know, live to work another day, buy more paint, keep going. Um, do you ever feel like you have a hard time juggling the balance of time between yeah. your online marketing? I mean, you, we all had this weird, I want to call it, I hate to say it was a gift. It wasn't. This year has been a nightmare we'd all like to erase. But on the other hand, for the first time in, I think, most people's lives, we had unstructured time. Mm-hmm. And if you're an artist, it meant you could probably spend more time doing the thing you loved. So going forth, how much time are you going to spend? I guess that's the real crux of it. How will you find that balance between marketing Um, and art making? I'm not sure. I think that even though I don't like it, I think that online classes, marketing, I think that's the direction it's going in. You know, these generations below us, they're very comfortable with Zoom classes and, you know, online, all of this stuff. It's, It's nothing to them. I think the issue for me is that I'm not comfortable with it. So I want to create some more time to learn how to properly market. And I feel if I can, if I can, get myself to figure out how to do it properly and more efficiently that will help me to um, be able to market that will be that will enable me to have more time to paint mm. so so I'm, i think that i'm spending so much um fractured time on it right now here and there trying to learn this little bit. and now it's kind of like a deer in the headlights oh now, now there's this function and there's a, that i'm i'm drawn in, and it's it's not um it's not efficient. So I, I probably either hire somebody to help me with Instagram or Which is great. take a class so that I can do it. I, I might have a little bit of a control issue. So maybe I'd be better off taking a class and, you know, doing it myself. Well, yeah. I, I noticed uh, Dina Brodsky follows you on Instagram. Follows me? Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> she follows you on Instagram. And oh, boy, boy if you want to learn about well, I you have watched a little bold brush thing with her I, uh, when I was the driving. Faso? The Faso? Yeah. Uh, oh, she was fantastic on that know. webinar. Yeah. Um, and I said to my husband, I think it's time. I, I, I think it's time that I kind of sat in on one of these classes. So that's, that's funny because that's who I was going to. But um, so you do, I mean, you do have a pretty decent following on, on Instagram. So, and it seems like you've been on for a while. Have you been I was on? just going to say, I've been on for a while and it's kind of been yeah. around this amount for yeah. like, I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She can definitely well. offer a lot of, a lot of inspiration there, but interested to know about 
when did you get into pastels versus oil? Because you're, you're so proficient in both. Um, so I, uh, I took a class for oils, and I painted in oil for about a year. And then I went on a plein air workshop. And as I walked around to the other uh, artists, I noticed someone was using pastel, and they were painting a willow tree. And I said, how did you get that color? And she picked up a stick of pastel and showed it. And I thought, oh, cool. So I went home and I ordered all the supplies. <laughs> and, um, and this is like a, a funny thing that we, we always talk about. I would put my kids to bed at nine. They would, you know, between eight and nine, they would be down for the night. And then I would go down in my little makeshift studio in the basement and I would paint. And my husband would come down at 3.30 in the morning and say, okay, you've got to come to bed. So the first time I touched them, I was obsessed with them. And I've been obsessed since. So I would say I do a lot of mediums. I do caustic. I do mixed media, you know, charcoal sketches, oil painting, uh, a little bit of gouache. I don't do watercolor. But um, pastels are definitely my, um, my heart. Well, I, I love your master copies. Are those oil or pastel? Those are oil. The Sargent master oh, copies. Beautiful. They're, they are beautiful, yeah. Thank you. Wow. So I have never... <laughs> tried pastels they frighten me i don't understand the control issue i look at them and i think i don't get it no a brush and i are good friends but i bet we i see these images of pastel painters who go to paris and they go to the sennelier uh, storefront mm -hmm. where you see those unbelievably gorgeous trays and of course there's this magnificent french woman there who's selling them and the artist stands there and i think just to have that experience i would oh, pick yes. up pastels oh my gosh that has to be on is that on your your someday dream list to go there uh, and it just is. so one of the things so back to instagram for a moment uh i always kind of poo-pooed instagram but i've made a lot of sales on instagram and more so than Facebook. Um, and I also, uh, over COVID, I sold uh, two paintings to a woman in France who has invited me to do a workshop when all of this is oh. over. Oh. So, you better um, be going. <laughs> yes. So in Paris is the, um, uh, the I, I don't want to say it out loud because of my American accent, but the Henri, Henri Roche. Uh, yeah. The, it's the oldest pastel uh, company in the world. They still have this no real strong. You got to follow them on on Instagram. Well, home away. and so I said, and, and the, those are the those are the creme de la creme, the most expensive oh. that there are. They're about twenty dollars a stick. <laughs> oh. um, but um, so now I just lost. What was the question? <laughs> oh, well, so, I was. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, see, I didn't even know. Of course, I'm going to look this place up. Yeah. Henri Roche, R-O-C-H-E, I'm guessing. Right. Yes. All right, I'll be looking at it because I just, I, it looks like a fantasy to me. To be surrounded by color you can touch. Oh, I can't even imagine. Plus, I mean, France. For, right. And so Dress well and they'll love you. It won't matter. <laughs> So what I'll say to you is uh, maybe someday if I get over there to Soa, you can come down and play with my pastels. And 
I have to say, though, I tell this to everyone in class, it's a good thing that I'm not a drug addict because I am such a pusher. So whatever the whatever it is I'm on to for the day or the month is, you know, I have everybody in class like, oh, you have to try these new pets. So then I get them to, you know, buy the new set of pastels or the new paper that I'm using. Oh, I love it. But I I will think. (laughs) I was going to say, I think this will be a very expensive meeting. (laughs) But I'm all for it. Well, I told you before I dressed, there's a reason why I wear my daughter's hand-me-downs, because I have to spend money on art supplies, (laughs) pastels specifically. I completely understand that. I do see that. I love seeing when you get a new set and the excitement. So your work is pretty diverse. I mean, you do a lot of realism. You do a lot of, um, I would say, pretty impressionistic you know, plein air, or not maybe plein air, but landscape. Um, are you, do, do you do plein air too? Do you go out? And- I do, and it's funny that you should ask. So on the way home, so I used to give workshops. At the, just, I used to um, coordinate them myself and do them down the Cape, and life just kind of got in the way, and I got too busy, but I really miss it. And um, on the way home from my recent vacation, I got an email from Sanctuary Arts, you know, up in Elliot, mm-hmm. and um, they needed a replacement for an instructor who um, can't do this Saturday coming up playing plein air workshop. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Asked if I would fill in. I said sure. So you go. Kidding. Because I don't have enough on my plate already. Uh, <laughs> and is it is it pastel you're doing? Yes. Oh, that's I should tell my oh, I did dinner too, so Margaret, if you want to join in. <laughs> oh, I, I will be in Vermont painting this I'm week. Oh, <laughs> my, oh, I wasn't kidding. <laughs> Actually, we should talk about that. I'd love to get you up to Vermont. Um, yeah, my sister. This is like a dating too. service. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens, right? It's, it's like oh, new materials. <laughs> Pretty colors. You Pretty seem colors. nice. This will be fun. Let's mm-hmm. bring some wine. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Did you say the class this Saturday is plein air, though? Is that? Yes. Oh, wow. It is. Okay, so it's right. pastel plein air, which even is another layer of mystery. But <laughs> Even what? Is yet another mystery. layer of mystery. Oh. <laughs> um, I always had, like, this strong aversion to the feel of them. And oh, then, and that's my favorite part. It's like that fractal, the the paper is sanded, and uh, all of the pastels are made differently. They have different ingredients. And so when you drag it across the paper, it has a different feel and a different sound for each brand. It becomes very meditative when you're painting, if you're in a quiet area. Um, You know, and you just, it's just you and the sound of that, like, methodical kind of and. I just, it's so therapeutic. I love it. Do you wear gloves? So I can't wear the gloves. I have little scrawny long fingers in it. So I use a barrier cream. Mm -hmm. um, Like Avon used to sell the the silicone gloves thing, but it's for art. So you use the silicone barrier cream. I I actually do the same. I I use a cream before I paint because frankly, I'm not all that worried about it. Um, but you have to worry about masking, don't you? Yeah. Or, or being outside or ventilating. What's the real deal on pastel dust? Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's dust. And you don't want to breathe that, right? It doesn't matter if it's pastels or, or whatever. So what I do is I, you know, if the weather is nice, I, I should invest in one of those big rigs, but 
I think I would only do that if I had a home, a really nice home studio. So what I do is I open a window and I have a little fan on the opposite side that kind of gently blows the dust toward the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and since COVID, I, I do, I wear a mask. And, um, yeah. It's fine. It, it seems fine. <laughs> so far, it's we've, fine. We've all gotten a lot more chill about masks. Half the mm-hmm. time, I forget I have it on. I'll be driving and I think, oh, wait, I could take this thing off now. Like, it becomes second nature. Yeah. Um, so interesting, I, though. I have seen those big rigs. Do you know Robin Frisella? I know who she is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I interviewed her. And she showed me the, the big rig in the studio that she, she uses. And wow, that was quite the contraption to yeah. suck all that dust. But there's a couple of other things, you know. Uh, so I adhere my paper to a... a kind of a rigid board and when I'm you don't you don't want to blow on it so that is actually the reason why I wear the mask because I can't get myself not to blow into a little pile of dust so when I have the mask on I blow and I'm like oh yeah so it doesn't go anywhere (laughs) but um at the end you just take the board and you kind of give it a little whack on a surface and it falls down and if you have a piece of tape you know, upside, you know, sticky side up, or, or just a little tray, sure. and it collects it, and you can get rid of it. Okay. So nice. I, I still so florals. How do you feel about florals versus landscapes? Because I was looking through your, your Instagram stash, and I saw these gorgeous photographs of roses or peonies, or I can't remember. And you were like future painting. And I thought, oh, here's a woman after my heart. <laughs> so if you scroll back further, you'll yeah. see some peony rose type paintings that I did. And more, a little more, um, not abstract, but cropped and stuff, like a little yeah. bit, not just a whole scene. Um, I love them. It's just, there's not enough time for everything. And um, right now I am working on... Um, I haven't even told anybody this yet, but I think I told Laura. Um, so I'm coordinating with someone. I put myself out there. Yay! I, I what are you doing? To, I applied to a little, um, uh, so, so someone on Instagram uh, liked one of my paintings and made a comment. And when I noticed her little pink icon, because I love pink, I clicked on it. And she's a jewelry owner and maker in Nantucket. So I just messaged her on a whim, you know, when you get those little bouts of bravery and I, mm-hmm. hey, you know, do you take little artist paintings and what is your, you know, submission process? And she emailed me right back and said, yeah, hey, I love your work. Yeah, sure. Let's talk. And we talked afterward and she wants some pieces for her gallery this year. And Great. Um, she invited me to do a workshop on Nantucket. So, so I'm kind of working on some things for that right now. So the flowers will be... I'll have to take a back seat for a while. <laughs> and tell us about the commission you just wrapped up for um, recovery. No, it was a recovery center, right? Right. So um, so this one kind of was like near and, you know, this one kind of touched me or I, I connected with this one. Um, it was a gallery in Connecticut, Kent, Connecticut. It's right outside Kent uh, New York. Beautiful. Mm. Yes. And they have, it's very odd. No <laughs> it's cell service. like the stuff to be in the middle of nowhere, right? And they have these high-end restaurants and galleries. It's kind of odd. Well, I had gone on a painting trip years ago, and I went into a gallery and met one of the owners. And we just kind of stayed connected every once in a while. We'd chat throughout the years. Well, he was um, uh, the, the Eden Hill Recovery Center. It's a recovery center for women. 
with um, addictions, they had contacted him and asked him to um, curate a show for them, a permanent collection. And their criteria was that it would have to be all women artists. And so I, I was one of four that he chose. And he chose six paintings and two prints of the paintings um, to um, add to their collection. So um, I grew up with a lot of alcoholism and whatnot. So it was kind of you know, meant to be <laughs> for me. So um, I was just really happy to, you know, hopefully bring a bright spot to some of these women. I'm actually going to propose some, maybe uh, of doing some kind of like an art project or something or a painting. Yeah. And, um, you know, once a year or something, I would love I to know. do that because I think that there is so much healing in, in through art. Um, so, um that's, that's, really, that I might pose. that's really nice. That is. But I will be doing a show for him too. Um, he had, so he ended up asking me to do a, a show in, in the, this fall for his gallery. So in Kent. Oh, great. Yes. So I have and a, the a fall, lot of my favorite now. Yeah. The fall is terrific because the Kent school is there. Those are, mm-hmm. those are good buyers. <laughs> and plus everyone who doesn't love driving through Western Connecticut in the fall, it's, so beautiful. Oh, New England, right. That part so, of the state is good it's very you. beautiful. It's really odd if you've never been there to to uh, see how it's just like this little little town cut out and just plopped in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Lots of <laughs> rock and river. Kind of yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Love it. Well, like, congratulations. That's great. It seems Thank like you. your... Um, timid attempts at marketing have been very successful. <laughs> I just right, want to say, I, it's a good lesson for people. You know, it is. It you is don't the, have to be perfect. You just have to do something. Something. Don't and, be frozen. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of it is, is what you, um, like I opened my door to opportunities where before I had them all closed off. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not ready. I'm not. And and I think that this year I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to open those doors and see what comes. And I've, I've been very lucky. So That's great. Well, well-deserved. Yeah. yeah, I think. And, and I think, you know, it goes back to what you always kind of say, Margaret, if the work is there, you know, it's going to get some recognition. And, and I think. Really? That, if yeah. people spend half the time, they do sort of over-marketing, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to uber market good work if your work is mediocre you're probably gonna have to work a lot harder and i always say just go back to the easel go back yeah. draw so so all those nights in the basement so tell cool. your husband that's right <laughs> <laughs> he may have been you know, he may have been worrying about you but it all was worthwhile i love it i actually have to inject here with a tip because I was looking at your Instagram and I saw that you had a stack of paintings that were wrapped in um, bubble wrap, which is great. But I have something for you to look at. Maybe our listeners will like to check this out. There's this absolutely wonderful collage artist that I've done open studios with, um, Betsy Silverman. If anybody wants to be like just wildly inspired, look at Betsy Silverman's work. Um, but she showed up with all of these huge works. At first, I thought it was bubble wrap. No, I have bought them now. They are giant, heavy-duty, reusable. Like, imagine a, a heavy bubble wrap 
Velcro closed envelope that you can slip and you can get different widths. So if your frame is two inches, you mm -hmm. can get a, let's say you have a 36 by 36 inch painting framed. You could get an envelope that's 38 by 38 by three. Nice. And <laughs> they are bomb proof. And they come from a place called Frame Destinations. Frame. Google it. There's a lot of photography framing supplies. But if you look for their, you know, the envelopes, mm. or maybe they call them pouches, they are just mm -hmm. great. Well worth the investment. The fact that they're reusable. And what I do yeah. is I can stack paintings in my car and, you know, normally I'm pulling out every sheet of cardboard known to man to put them between the frames right. so that nothing touches nothing. Mm -hmm. This kind of, I'm not saying I still don't put in cardboard because <laughs> I do, because I can't let go of the fear of you know, puncturing a painting. Right. But these are great. And when I look at your work, I think, oh, I keep thinking I, I should um, suggest these to people because once you buy it, yeah. you know, they're terrific. It's yeah. yours. Right. So right. Yeah. check that out and see if it'll work for you. I know, I, re, I uh, try to reuse all that bubble wrap, too, oh. and then you got to peel the tape off and this, that, but boy, does that sound like it's, a, oh, and it's so clean, so I think, yeah, I think you'd really like it. I mean, you have to protect those pastels. Do you use a fixative on your work? I do not. Um, it, you know, it does. It in the first layers, if I want to really deepen a color. But, um, no, afterward, I don't. I just, I do so many layers, and it's so impacted that it, it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Very nice. Okay. Just curious. So, so I did see you saying put yourself out there, and I think you put this on Instagram, that you finally put yourself in and applied to the um, International Associ Association of Pastel Society, and bravo. Thank you. Oh, I you were accepted. Fantastic. Well, it's a so um, it, it's it's really this um, crazy network. Like so, uh, years ago, I applied to Pastel Society of America, and then you have to work your way up to get there um, from associate member to their you know to artist. Like, to they gave the essay right away, so I was. I was just happy with that, content for years with that. <laughs> um, but there's this whole network of trying to earn all these points to get your master's circle. Signature, master, all I, of that. I have signature. I want to get master, but um, I'm really not sure how you go about it. Like, so, so you have in order to, to um, in order to have applied to the IAP show every year, mm -hmm. you have to be a member of one of those societies. So I am a signature member of Pastel Society of America. So it's worldwide. Any any international society so i had no no honestly i swear i know people say this but it's 100 god's truth i had no point no expectation to get in i just said um, this is my personal goal of just um doing something that's outside my comfort zone yep i'm going to do it and i'm just going to apply i forgot all about it because i just put it out of my usually i'm checking you know the emails like did i get into a show did i i didn't even check the emails it just popped up one day and i was shocked and whatever but it's this painting right here oh, oh that's uh, great i have to bring it to the framer today because it's good and they have like this they have this um crazy like shipping but so, so it's all new ground for me so now i have so much going on <laughs> yeah right now, but you know it keeps me out of trouble you need an assistant you're very yeah. Yeah, you do <laughs> find yourself an intern that would be great yeah. um 
the painting is beautiful for people who can't see it. It's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous. landscape, low horizon, yeah. magnificent clouds, you know, top lit like, clouds. It's and like Newport very marshes. Yeah, very beautiful, very beautiful. So when now, you do the plan, yeah, okay. when, when you do your plein air, do you are are they finished products in the field, or do you then bring them back, use them as references along with photo reference? How do you work? So I haven't painted outside. I think I painted outside once last year. I haven't painted outside this year at all. Um, typically, I will do most of it outside, and then I I am a perfectionist, so I come back and I touch it up. I can't just. I'm just I'm not quick enough. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm, and, and that's another thing. I guess I used to be faster, but it was, uh, it was not enjoyable to me. I was, I was losing my passion for art. When I first started, I was selling little paintings on eBay. And they would sell, you know, they would sell nicely. But every day I'd get up and it was, you know, what am I going to paint today? And where's the board? And I got to paint it now. I got to photograph it. And I got to write a description. And I got to go mail the other one. And it was just sucking the life out of um, my passion for it. So I kind of just learned to slow down. And I, I try to convey that to everyone in class. Like, because they'll say, I can't wait to, to finish this painting. And I said, but why? Just to start a new one. It's, the whole thing is about the process, right? It's, it's about painting process. And I know we get excited to finish and post it and sell it. But that's why I work on multiple ones at a time. So you'll see, I think if, if you follow, you'll you'll notice I kind of do it in waves. It'll be like, I'm posting, 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 and then you kind of won't really hear from me. Maybe you'll see a photo of a flower or a beach for a while. And that's because I'm working on six, seven, or eight paintings. Mm. And then I kind of bring them all to fruition at once or around the same time. But for me, it's the process of spending that time painting. And I think I just totally went off. <laughs> no. no, no, no. That no, makes it's a good. lot of sense. Yeah. Do you, in terms of a typical day for you, I'm, I'm curious, is there anything that you're sort of ritualistic about? Mm. Like, is there something you do every day in order to start your day? Or do you prefer working in the afternoons? What's your practice like? So I'm not a morning person. I'm trying to be. I get up, like I got up at six this morning, but somehow I was still rushing in here at five of ten to <laughs> to turn on my computer. I I am not a schedule person, and I'm very much a deer in the headlights person. No matter what I'm doing, something can distract me very easily. Um, and I think it's around two o'clock where I start to really settle down and focus. So my day really, I work better in the afternoon and the evening. Um, I, I try to force it in the morning, but um, it kind of works out well. I have a part-time job, I'll, and it's very flexible. So I'll do a couple of hours in the morning, and then I come to the studio, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start my day at that, at that time. Yeah. Um, but my new, you know, I always have these new ideas. My new ideas, I really want to get back into the mixed media. That's why I want a new space, a bigger space. Um, and I would like to use... So, so my process for painting with mixed media is completely opposite to what I do for my traditional work. So I, I always, that's more ritualistic for me. I start yeah. with um, this clean canvas and I you know, start making marks with charcoal and I have more of a process that way. But um, what I noticed is that after painting for an hour or two on these big canvases where you're very free and you're using your whole body and you're outstretching your arms, um, then I like to sit down and paint with my pastels. So I think that some people kind of will 
maybe do little sketches or something to warm up and then start. I really want to, like, I have a lot of energy, like a kid sits still. So I think I really want to get it out on those big canvases first before I settle into my little quiet um, pastel palette. So um, I guess cool. Mm. And what are you doing when, it, when you say a big canvas? Is it an actual framed canvas or is it like you've got your paper up? So I- when I'm working with mixed media, it's canvas or the, you know, the cradle birch wood. And mm. it's, um, it's paint. You know, it's- do you know Lisa Nunes? Uh, she does I- giant mixed media and I've, I've been to her studio. It's fascinating. She gets the uh, canvas paper and she hangs it. And she's very short. And sometimes she has to get up on a ladder, but her works are gorgeous. Really, really. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's an interesting process. So what's the last material you bought? Like a new material or a new something that you've really gotten into? Um, I'm going to tip my hand. I saw your art graph set of those four, six. I yeah. just discovered those. Aren't they great? They're so much fun. We should describe what they are. Yeah, what folks. is that? I don't even know. So what I can show you, Laura, but you know everybody else can't see. But <laughs> so they're um, these looks like a mini bar soap. soap. <laughs> yes, they do. They look like the hotel soap. The hotel right? soap. <laughs> It's, yeah, it says they're like tailor. They're like a tailor's chalk almost, yes. except they're not chalky. They're, they're not chalky. Water soluble. But that's what is fabulous. <sighs> so now, when you're working with pastel, I like to tone my paper first, and when I do that, I use alcohol and some kind of pigment to do it. You have to wait for it to dry because if you put your pastel onto that oh. surface, it melts it. But, hello. <laughs> bless you. <laughs> oh, bless you. I didn't know what you said. <laughs> I've got the air thing in here. It's not my allergies. But, but um, these, you can work on the wet surface. But when it's wet, you can take these and you can draw on it. And it has a, you can use the fine line or you can use the whole flat surface. And it kind of melts a little bit, but the line stays there at the same time. I, I love them. They're so Look. much fun if you do figure drawing. They're just like, oh. yeah. it's so tactile because you're holding the entire piece. There's no paper or wooden like a pencil. You're right. holding the thing. Right. It's, they're That's- really fun. They're made by Art Graph in case it, we're driving the audience crazy. It's A-R-T-G-R-A-F. And it says right on there, water-soluble tailor shape. So That's yeah. what it is. They're <laughs> fun to hold. They do have yours broken up? Well, I, I, I like dropped, breaking them. I, I, <gasps> I break my pastels. I dropped my box and two broke, but I, I like them like that. Yeah. So, More interesting shapes. Yeah. But they, That's great. They're, so a lot of people when they're using pastel will use pastel pencil at the end to kind of uh, get some fine lines, grasses, or tree branches. I use these and they're fabulous. <gasps> oh, use those. Mm. So you can Love use them, them wet or dry. Yes. Yeah. Nice. It sounds so fun. What's your favorite like- art store? Oh. <laughs> Do you have one that you love? Well, physically, I love um, artists and craftsmen. Artist and craftsmen in Saugus. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of the stores anymore carry pastels right. in store. The 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 higher end. It's it's kind of like the Rembrandt or the new pastel, but. Um, so my go-to lately has been um, Dakota Art online. 
um, they have all the brands of pastels and all the sets, and I, I um, get them. Just this is my newest set. And I see, see, I break them. Oops. Um, and they're those are chunky. Yeah, so these are hand rolled and these have pumice in them. And that was what I was explaining. Some of them have a different sound or texture. Those are so creamy and fun. And they have blue earth. They have every pastel brand you can imagine. So if the audience can see your face describing these, <laughs> that, that would be so fun because you are just all I can think of. And if you can't find them, there's always Paris. <laughs> right? I mean, really. So, yes. Yeah, so, I will post all of my workshops, and when Paris comes up, I'll post that also. And <laughs> I love it. Tell us just a little bit about your teaching. What, you say you have a beginner level. Are you teaching oils, pastels, both? What do you, how does it work? So, I do beginner plus, um, and mostly pastel, just because there's a lot of oil painters around. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of oil painting classes, and it's more difficult to find them. Plus, I just, I just love, I don't know, I, 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 love, I think I just love the pastel more. So it's, it's, there's a lot of, um, how do I say it? There's a lot of different products, papers, brands to introduce to people. And I get excited about doing that. Like I said, I'm a pusher. So, you know, I have them come to class with one. And then when they start to see, oh, there's this brand and there's this shape and there's this paper and this does, you know, whatever. It's just, I don't like rules in this not many rules in pastel, so I, I, I love it. And you can be more experimental. And, and then it's challenging because with oils, you can kind of build up your layers to get your mm-hmm. highlights and your thickness. With pastel, you have to do that visually. You have to create textural differences visually. So there's a way to do it with an underpainting and the way you apply your pastel. But you can't really, when you, even though you're layering, it doesn't build it up as in thickness. So you have to get that illusion. So it's a lot of fun things to show people. So when, so when people come to you as a beginner, are they coming as just a, not a beginner artist? They're coming as a beginner pastelist with some mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. and some training. Um, yeah, and there are some people who come as complete. I have a couple of complete oh. beginners. Okay. I actually really like the complete beginners. They're easier to awe. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, the way I... They come in with this belief that I can't draw a stick figure. That is the that is the mantra of all of these new people. And uh, the way I show them is kind of using positive and negative um, to model it, you know, between a positive and negative shape. So if there's a bank of trees in the background, I just describe it as a long rectangle. And so they're able to identify with it. So they're able to block in a long rectangle. And then we use the negative space to kind of um, shape the edges or whatever. So it's instead of drawing something, it's just kind of massing in big shapes and editing. So it's people can do it. Yeah. Everybody knows what a square is or a cylinder or a triangle. And that's really how how we approach it. That's very cool. Yeah, that is. What would you say is your superpower as a teacher? Superpower, or what is it? The, what's the one thing you want? You persuasion. I don't know. I can really. <laughs> That's a good one. And what do you think uh, is the one thing you're trying to instill? Like, if, what? when everybody leaves your class, what's the one thing you want them to take? Well, I I want them, just what we've been talking about. I really want them to. I want them just to enjoy the creativity. <laughs> um, like I, I don't know if you heard this part, but I was saying that. 
when I do charcoal drawings of my daughter, you know, my, I start to frown and my, I reinforce those 11 lines and my shoulders are hunched and my fists are clenched and it, it, it loses its enjoyment somewhere along the line. Yeah. And, um, with pastel, everything, it's so forgiving. The shapes, the, the layering, everything is forgiving. So you can't really make a mistake. You can just go back and change it. So it's, it's very freeing and enjoyable. And I just, I want them, I want everyone to be able to enjoy creativity, not just people who are selling or making it their life's business or everyone right. should enjoy creativity. Right. Mm. It's nice. Interesting. Is there anybody uh, out there who you would love to study with? Mm. Oh, um, well, now I'm going to contradict what I just said. I took a, um, I did take, I love, I don't have the opportunity around here to take long pose figure drawing. And that's something I really, really want to do. Um, and so Rob Liberace is just like amazing. I did take a short workshop with him up in Vermont, but it was, um, it was just um, portraits. So I, if I could do, you know, like a year long study with someone or, Either that or an atelier program is really what I, I want to know all the real stuff, the down and dirty stuff. Um, and I would never give this up, though. I, I still always do this, but I just want to want to know how to do all that well. Mm -hmm. So nice. maybe we'll, mm -hmm. giving away where did you take? Where did you study in Vermont? I'm curious. Um, it was just a so it was just a little uh, three day workshop. It was at. Um, you know, the one with Richard Schmid, um, I forget what it's Putney called. Painters. Putney Painters. Mm. Mm. Nice. Well, you've got something exciting coming up. You were talking about, um, is it a show that's coming together? Is that the one you were talking about with the, the Addiction Recovery Center that's coming up? Or um, I, I no, thought so there was something one, new. That one's installed. Yeah. Um, this is, it was the Nantucket. Um, it was the Nantucket. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thing. So, so it's a it's a it's a little gallery, uh, a jewelry gallery. She was a pastel artist, and then she went to a metal smithing class, and she got hooked on that. And um, um, it's Nantucket jewelry. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it'll just be a few pieces in her shop, but um, a little plein air. Oh, nice. great! Great marketing there too. I mean, yeah. you just have such a perfect yeah. spot. Yeah, for sure. Really fun. Well, well, I think you should ask the just for fun questions, Laura. I launch. think you should. Okay. Well, you just asked about the painters. That's a good one. We, we need to find out about your funniest or strangest plein air ex painting experience. Plein air painting experience? Oh, or teaching. Or teaching experience. Have well, I should say plein air. Have you ever had strangers come up, come up to you? Yeah. I mean, everyone has this, the top three, you know, my a aunt is a bomb. painter. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a photo bomb. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. Any funny. Mm. Do you have any hesitation as a woman going out and plein air mm. painting by yourself? Absolutely. I mean. I'm everyone does. <laughs> Isn't that awful? It is. And like I tell my daughter, because she'll say, well, I should be able to do X, Y, or Z. Well, you should be able to, but the reality is you, you, know, yeah. you have to use caution. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, so I don't, but 
luckily my husband likes to jog and uh, you know whatever so sometimes we'll go somewhere and he'll go off and jog and just keep checking on me or yeah. whatever I always had a fantasy that I'd have the perfect plein air dog, but no, <laughs> he would just, it would be like a bull in a china shop. The easel would go, he'd be wagging his tail. He likes to eat paint off the palate. Ah. So I, I have yet to discover it, but, um, but I'm amazed when I speak to women who plein air paint, it's almost always people are like, I make sure I'm around well-trafficked paths or, yeah. you know, within eyesight of the parking lot or whatever i mean i just find it's it's too bad but it just means we need to band together and go paint because yeah. you don't feel that right. if you've got even one other person you feel fine right. exactly yeah. yeah well you okay. spend a lot of time down around newburyport i think right in the i do in the marshes but around the, the marshy areas in the marshes. but um i go to parker river refuge and if you've ever been there it's you know the main road and then to the left of the beaches and to the right are the uh, the, the marshes and it's well traveled and yeah, yeah. You know, so I feel fine. That's a, actually a wonderful place to go and you you, you don't have to go out far. You're right there, so um, it's very safe, I think, and comfort. The comfort is good. Yeah, that's great. It's important. so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much Hang out fun. at the beaches where they're pretty populated and there's a washroom. We've got to have the washroom. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, this has been great getting to know more about your journey and everybody can follow you on your Instagram, which is, tell us that, give us your oh, handle. <laughs> it's just my, my handle. It's just uh, my name, Robin Thornhill Robin Art. Thornhill Art on Instagram. And that's also your website. Mm, um, my website is just my name, RobinThornhill.com. Mm -hmm. Great name. <laughs> Wonderful. And you can see a lot of the supplies you're using because I love that you're, you're putting all that up there. Oh, yeah. I'm an addict. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so cool. It's a problem. I share, I share your addiction. Um, but it's better than some, right? <laughs> At least we put it all to good use. It's a force for positive. It's clean, right? It's clean. It's healthy. It's, you know, we can, you know, putting something good back out into the world. So I could have worse addictions. Definitely. 100%. Well, your work is beautiful. I have yes. to say in parting, your, your, scene, your snow scenes, I think are, from my mm -hmm. two cents, I think they're just, they're your finest work they're beautiful um, I wish it would snow for you but not too soon uh, they're just gorgeous so really inspiring all right come down and visit me and we will um, you know I'll buy expensive materials I may or may not use and you can oh, no. see you can see my studio okay. we'd love to Good. and don't forget about me Pessoa. <laughs> absolutely that's what I mean come on down take a look yeah. around scope it out that'd be great all right. Well, okay. Laura, thank you for this. Thank, thank you for hosting you. us. Thank All you, right. Laura. <laughs> we'll talk again. Bye. Bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.